Welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of Four Seasons and a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a debatable final fifth season. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 8 of Fringe, The Equation. My name is Nick, and joining me today are David and Charlie. Heyo, I'm David. Hi, I'm Charlie. So, before we get into the TV guide or anything, I think we should do our sort of weekly uh, update on what we've been doing since the last time we recorded. Nick, do you have anything going on in your life? Uh, so in terms of like masters and things like that, not a lot of stuff has been going on, but I have officially switched over to being nocturnal, which is an interesting time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I go to bed at like when the sun rises now. On the bright side, I do see both sunrises and sunsets every day now. It's great. You know, oh, man. I'm, one of those, I'm one of those cool go-getters. I'd hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that once, but I was in high school and it was the summer and my sleep cycle just flipped because I was doing nothing that summer. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. Totally. <laughs> Got me to the front of the help desk lines, though, when our internet messed up. Parents <laughs> were like, oh, can you call? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They open up at six. I'll call. And they're like, wow, you're getting up early. I'm like, yeah, getting up. <laughs> oh, I had to send a, uh, I just sent an email to my prof. Um, technically now, I guess this morning um so i sent it to him at 5 a.m so i look like a real go-getter i was like hey here's this like document things except your prof knows you're working nights Shh, it's fine <laughs> there's, there's no secrecy there you know still to others it's like oh goddamn, look at him go getter you know no, he doesn't no, answer it on my emails until like three in the afternoon after that but that's fine if someone <laughs> if someone texts or emails me at like 4 30 5 o'clock I don't assume that they're a go-getter and they like rise at the crack of dawn. I assume they have sleep problems and have just been pulling all-nighters. Nah. The the six six thirty is where you're like, ah, they're probably up. That's a normal time for people. At four fifteen. To be fair, that's when I get home from work. I get home from work at seven a.m. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, four fifteen. If I'm still up by then, at that point, I just do an all-nighter, which unfortunately happens quite often. Ugh. Yeah. Not a fan. I mean, sometimes you just lose track of time and you play video games and then you look at the clock and it's four in the morning and you're like, man, I have work in four hours. Fuck it. I'm going to stay up and keep playing games. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> to oh, be fair. With you was an interesting experience. Yeah. We can both say that, actually. It's great. <laughs> hey, I'm not the weirdest Asian you've lived with, Charlie. Oh, God, no. You're not. Not even close. No further comment. Just weirdest, <laughs> weirdest person, full stop. Yeah. I don't think that'll ever be topped. Yeah. We'll get into that on a later episode. We'll yeah, we chat won't. chat more about that. <laughs> don't <laughs> make promises. Do random dude. <laughs> this is the only mention of it. Yeah. Oh, God damn it, guys. All right. All right. Well, uh, so give us that TV guide intro, Nick. All right. Well, back back to the intro now that we're through that. Uh, so the TV guide for this episode reads, uh, The circumstances surrounding a music prodigy's kidnapping caused Dr. Bishop to be reminded of a fellow inmate at St. Clair's, but Olivia's suggestion that he return to the hospital draws criticism from Peter. Yeah. So, yeah. First and, time I'm hearing sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have to re-record this at all. No, I totally didn't have noise suppression on for a little while. And it was <laughs> super fucked. Like, the, the entire last episode, maybe, even. Uh, <laughs> Wait, was that... Oh, God. <laughs> no I, just, I just realized. Oh, why? Oh, hey, the good news is, I think hey, I sound better now. Hey, so we, we fixed his issues, so we're, you're saying that we solved the equation? 
Uh, boo. There were so I many times it. to bring that in. I did it. Boo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right past that without any further mention about what Charlie tried to do. First pun. <laughs> it's like first blood, but much worse. <laughs> Forza, first pun, part two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode, guys. Yep. You know, let's get into that whole mental hospital thing and everything. (laughs) So we start on a uh, van driving in some rain. Uh, We see that there is a child in the backseat. We assume it's his his child. Um, And the child seems to be writing musical notes on some scores. Uh, they get into a small conversation where it seems like the dad has sort of been like, "Hey, I thought I told you we won't be you won't be doing music anymore." And the kid was, and the kid's like, "Hey, can you slow the wipers down to be a better metronome?" <laughs> <laughs> to which his dad doesn't respond, <laughs> "Fucking nerd." <laughs> no, to which his dad goes, uh, "No, I need to need to be able to see while driving." <laughs> the kid kind of to to the kid's uh, value. The kid doesn't argue back. The kid goes. Fair enough, and goes back to his uh, music rating. It's like, all right, I guess the tempo's going to be faster for this part of the song. <laughs> they then come across a, a woman who seems to be stranded on the side of the road. It's implied that her car's broken down. The dad, being the good Samaritan and hearing her shouting for help, decides to pull off to the side and see if he can uh, help her. Which, if these shows teach you anything, it's never be a good Samaritan. So oh, ever. That's... The, yeah. the other question that I have, we, we learned that she was like specifically targeting him. What do you think mm-hmm. she said to the other people that stopped at the side of the road to try and help her? Oh, she shot them, obviously. Oh, totally. <laughs> or, like, you know, you. was like, hey, it's cool. I called the tow truck. They're on their way. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but then she's still standing outside in the rain without an umbrella. I'm just imagining her being like, like getting like something through like her like head, like earpiece, just being like, they're they're gonna be by your side in two minutes. There's some guy that's stopping, like, hey, do you need some help? She's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> or hey, even she just maybe was driving like five minutes ahead of them on the road. Because I would assume that through the course of the episode, you find why they're targeting mm-hmm. these two specifically. Yeah. But so so let, let let's get into the yeah they've been following them for a while. I don't know. Evil, yeah. evil government planning. We're not government planning. <laughs> evil group planning. Exactly. But let's let's get into the actual kidnapping at this point. Yeah. So yeah, good Samaritan pulls over. Is like, oh well, I let me check your engine because I know car things. Because I'm a man. Yeah. And then he yeah, pops. He, he tells. He goes, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, maybe I can see if something's wrong. And he tells his kid to wait in the car. And then he pops the hood. And then some. I'm not a car guy, but I assume there isn't supposed to be a light that flashes green, 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 red. Uh, I don't know. That's that's what's in my car. <laughs> you do spend a lot of time just staring at your car, too. Yeah. But that's specifically because you bought a fringe car. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you went to the dealership, and which which one's your most fringy car? <laughs> it, it was a lot harder to find than like a Back to the Future car, because I couldn't just go find a DeLorean. I had to go find yeah. like, specifically a fringe car. And they go, J.J. Abrams once sneezed in this car, and you're like, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, so the dad uh, sees these lights, and then suddenly, uh, he well, he calls a tow truck first. Yeah. And then he opens the, uh, opens the front of the car. See, We see him looking at the lights, 
And then all of a sudden, we sort of cut to uh, the tow truck driver tapping him, saying, hey, sorry it took so long for me to get here. And the dad is like, wait, what? What's going on? And suddenly he realizes that his son, the uh, boy who's writing on, on musical score, Ben, uh, has disappeared with that lady, who is uh, Britta, by the way. <laughs> we don't find that out. Uh, oh, we yeah, don't find no, that out she really is... until... It well, is, no, it you Britta, do. Though. You see, you see her face. It's Britta from Community. It's Britta with like uh, red hair, but like, yes. it's still very obviously Britta. Yeah. Yes. Which, hey, always, always good to just randomly see those connections between TV shows. If I remember <laughs> the, is it like a, just like a, a a jump cut when he gets, or yes. do they keep the? I didn't know if they kept the scene. The truck driver just like comes up behind him. I think no. So it jump cuts between the lights and his face, and oh, then yeah, and, and then, one of the cuts of his face the tow drivers the, the truck drivers yeah. there I, yeah. I do really like how they do it though because it feels yeah. like exactly like no time's passed like you're just like oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a second later mm-hmm. except you get the little like musical score associated with yeah. it as well yeah yeah and then we cut to intro and then Broyles is briefing dunham and the bishops on the disappearance yes yes and so apparently um there have been several other uh kidnappings or disappearances and they've all been sort of academics and sort of like uh, people accomplished in their uh, field of study. And so at first, Olivia's like, well, that doesn't really uh, like match the what's going on here because it was like a 10-year-old boy who was kidnapped. But after speaking yeah. to the uh, father, I believe, they learned yeah. that uh, Ben was in a car accident which took his mother's life but gave him amazing uh, musical skills. He, he's, he's dope with the piano now. Which I think is the premise of another Fox show at the time. Oh. It was canceled it? after three episodes like every other Fox show at the time. Yeah. yeah. This is a joke if you haven't caught on yet. Boo. <laughs> very, very low. Like, very low. <laughs> uh, so it's important to note as well um, that the people uh, all turned up in the end that were kidnapped um, mm-hmm. and they were physically unharmed like nothing was wrong with them physically uh, but they, they they weren't doing so well uh, on the brain side of things no they all went crazy just a little bit crazy they were no longer happy campers <laughs> they, they, they some would say they were no longer experts in their fields well they're I mean... still experts they're just crazy mm-hmm <laughs> I don't know how much more research they're doing. Crazy people can be smart. That's the whole point of Walter. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I was going to say, we do actually hear that Walter goes, hey, uh, were the lights green, 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 red? Um, yep. Yeah, and he's well, like, like, like Christmas, Christmas lights. lights. And, and we're like, oh, shit, wait, was Walter, did Walter have this done to him? Like, is this why he's crazy? Or did Walter do, like, did Walter invent the lights? As he's invented every other technology on this show so far. Exactly. Uh, we do then, after talking to the mother and seeing the kid, is a well. That's not the mother. That's uh, or the sister, sister. aunt, yes. sister, yeah, yes. aunt technically of Ben. Yeah. Um, unless so, she, so. unless she is the mother, and the death was an elaborate cover up. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's all. That's way too much incest for me, man. So wait, um, there's an acceptable level of incest for you then, Nick? No. Yeah, Alabama rules. Alabama rules. Aunts and first cousins. Oh. oh no 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 no! <laughs> hey, that's acceptable under Alabama state law. And yeah, that, really? So what I'm learning is Charlie has an acceptable level of incest because he knows these rules. Knowing the rules is not the same as tolerating the rules. Yeah, but you've considered what the acceptable level is from that. 
No, I follow Canada's, which is much stricter. All right, what's Canada's? Do you know that one too? No, I just know Alabama because of the entire like down south, fuck your sister stereotype. <laughs> the the acceptable level of incest is directly correlated to how royal someone is. <laughs> the more royal their blood, the more they're allowed to have incest. The more they can keep it in the family. Yes, <laughs> that is my rule. Oh, <laughs> it's basically England's rule too. It's a good thing we're uh, all commoners. Oh, thank God. <laughs> More of it's not even acceptable. It's expected. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two very different things. I mean, like, you look back at all the, the letters written in, like, World War I trying to stop the outbreak, and it's like, please, Cousin Nikki. And they're, like, the kings of respective countries. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I mean, if you're a prince, you marry a princess, and then that keeps going on, and eventually, oh, everyone's related to everyone. Oops. <laughs> we have there's Germans only... on the cr in the throne of England. There's only so many royal families. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, anyways, back to Fred. <laughs> um, we see Ben being held in a basement, and the woman comes in and is like, hey, someone wants to see you, um, and if you don't, like, help us with this, your mom's gonna be very disappointed, but we just found out that his mom's dead, so how could this be? Mm -hmm. Kelsey Breeze. Mm -hmm. Um, also, after seeing Community, this episode is a lot harder to watch. <laughs> because of Britta? Because, because of Britta. Of Britta. Where she's like doing all these sinister things, and I'm like, she's going to fuck this up. She's going to Britta this somehow. <laughs> I and was I conditioned to think that. Watching this episode the entire time, I'm like, yeah, she's going to Britta the shit out of this. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I said that line at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes. To be uh, fair, she did Britta the shit out of three people before this. <laughs> yes. Uh, we did miss a moment with Walter talking about uh, how he recognized the red and green lights, but he's unable to remember more, so he's essentially trying to dredge up memories about it. Yeah, so he's singing Christmas carols in the yes. lab. For the green and red light. Do Yes, and then I think after we see sort of them talking to Ben, is that where we get reintroduced to the dead mom? No. Um, does that happen later? No, I think that's a later says, scene. She just okay. says that uh, his mother will be very disappointed with Ben because he doesn't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. And that sort of grabs his attention. Is like, but mama dead. Yeah, and he does say that. He's like, my mom's dead. And it's like, really? Are yeah. you sure? Uh, but at that point, we then do cut back to yes. the bishops and we, we yeah. join we join the bishops and olivia back in the lab and we found out that walter did kind of invent this technology because an ad company was like hey can you hypnotize customers into buying our products and he's and like walter was like i'll try <laughs> i'll do my best for capitalism's sake one thing i love capitalism <laughs> <laughs> it kind of worked and peter is of course like that can't happen mind control is not real and again, I'm like, dude, with all the stuff you've seen, you draw the line at this, which is a trend in every episode up to a point. Uh, and he's like, well, watch the lights then. And then Peter does. And then they cut back in. And I think Walter's eating lunch. Well, Astrid, Astrid comes in, which is what knocks him out of the trance, saying, who's ready for lunch? And she has takeout. Yeah. And then uh, Peter's like, well, Walter, I'm, it's a shame to say this thing doesn't work. 
and then we zoom out and we see this, the sleeves on his shirt have been cut off. <laughs> but it's great because he's like, did you do this? And he's holding the scissors. <laughs> and he's kind of like, like, where the fuck know. did these come from? <laughs> and Walter's like, you did it. Um, and yeah, no, we, we do hear from Walter essentially as well that he didn't he didn't focus on the colors of the lights. And he's pretty sure that the wavelengths are what's causing this. Yeah. Uh, but he had the timings down, right? Which is how he was able to replicate it now that he knew that there were green and red. Yep. Um, and obviously it's working perfectly because uh, Peter, yeah. you know, becomes becomes much cooler by wearing a tank top, we'll say. I think Astro calls him Chachi. Yes. Sorry, Astro? Yeah, yeah Astro. Astro. <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> I heard it and accepted it. I thought you were going to say asterisk. <laughs> That's not until next episode, Charlie. Jeez. Astro, it's Astrid. Projection. <laughs> Best joke in the entire show. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, this yes. Uh, is this where Walter remembers about his friend? Yes, this mm. is where. Um, well, we get a scene where Charlie's like, "Oh, we know who the kidnapper is. Uh, she apparently died ten years ago, but we never found the body." <laughs> And I really like one of the lines that he said, where he's like, "And no, she doesn't have a twin. I've checked," which is a great <laughs> callback to a previous, to like the first episode, episode one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, we found this guy and he's dead. And it's like, no, 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 but like he was alive over here. It's like, oh no, he just had a twin. <laughs> so, now, so now, you know, this is obviously like really, really gotten to to Charlie. <laughs> you think he checks every time they have a suspect now, and he's like, like, not a twin. <laughs> I mean, I think you would after a point, right? Like, I think all you need is one evil twin scenario to assume everyone has an evil twin. Which is incredible. I love the idea of, like, God damn it, everyone has, everyone has an evil twin. Just gotta find them. He's like, gotta update that suspect protocol. And all the agents are like, not... Does he know how rare identical twins are? Do we have to do this for everybody? Do you know how rare identical twins are? And also, I for one of them to go into crime. And then the other one to go into the same crime. <laughs> But anyways, um, basically what we learn is that Joanne, uh, Joanne Osler died 10 years ago in a car crash, but her body wasn't uh, found with the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this happens to be uh, about eight months before the first abduction yeah. happened, where she dies in this car crash. And then Walter, while singing Dashing Through the Snow, which gives him the word dash, which leads to Dashel Kim, uh, who was an inmate at the asylum Walter was in. St. Clair's Hospital? Yeah. And Dashiell told Walter a story that he was hypnotized by a Christmas tree, which is why yeah. Walter associates the red and green lights with Christmas. And also because red and green are Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then they, I think Olivia's like, oh, this is great. Can we go talk to him then? And Walter has a great line here where it's like, well, yes, if he hasn't succeeded in killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. This show has some really good lines sometimes. Oh yeah, there's some there's some really good little one one or two liners. Yeah, JJ's good at that kind of like one liner. Uh, well, humor. he didn't he didn't write any of these. I think oh, he was yeah. just the producer. Yeah. Shout out to J.R. Orsi and David H. Goodman. Hell yeah! And all the other staff writers. Well done at making better jokes than we do. Yeah, I mean, it's their job, so I would hope so. Oh, yeah. We're not paid for this. I mean, I get paid to do what I do in the day, and no. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows about that quality of work? <laughs> yeah, but like, no one's gonna see that. Not millions of people. 
Uh, did you know that SQL queries are sometimes case sensitive? It's SAQL, first of all, and it's Salesforce <laughs> Analytics query language. Thank you very much. And it's all right. bullshit. All right, you nerds. Back to the episode. Uh, so um, we have Olivia go and uh, essentially like get the notes on uh, Deshiel. Mm -hmm. And uh, bring them brings them back to Peter uh, and shows uh, images of him, you know, and shows like basically images of the crime scene where he has uh, killed his wife and has a bunch of mathematical scribbles on the back. And we get another great line from Walter here, where he goes, "Ah, yes, I'd uh, I'd be able to notice uh, Dashiell's work anywhere." <laughs> to which Olivia, very like scared, goes, "What? There there have been other killings." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, no, 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 the math, it's fine. Um, but Peter and Walter start looking over the math because that's the important part of that image there. Yeah. Um, and noticed that there's a pattern and there's um, a reoccurring mathematical yeah. expression that's showing up in the back. Yeah, Peter notices like this could be a rhythm and they translate the math into musical notation, which I have my doubts on if, like how that would uh... work. No, basically, if so, uh, standard music notation is all technically in ratios, and so depending on how the equations formed, and you could you could literally convert uh, music to equations and then back. It would okay. just have to it it just couldn't be any random math. Like it'd have to be specific, which is I think what they're implying, anyways. Yeah, possible. Just looking at the scribbles, it all seems like kind of like scribbles. <laughs> Well, yes, I don't think they actually hired a mathematician to be like, okay, here's the piece of music. Can you hey, convert this? Futurama would have done it. I hold every show to the level of Futurama's writing staff. Yes, but I Futurama had Simpsons money. Futurama also had like two PhDs and four masters. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> we weren't going to get that in this episode for a, a little throwaway thing like this. What, one of the writers on Futurama came up with a problem and then gave his own mathematical proof in the same episode. Yes. So while this is going on, so they convert it and they determine like, oh, they're obviously trying to solve the same problem here. That And then there's a hand wavy line where Walter goes like, oh, uh, many very intelligent people have come to the same problems at the same time without knowing each other. Like uh, yeah. Leibowitz and uh, Newton both try create a calculus without working together or any communication. But while this is going on as well, we cut back to the basement or the location where Ben is being held, and Britta is sort of uh, trying to get him to <laughs> just call Britta. Britta. Britta is trying to get Ben to uh, finish. Well, now that now that sounds like I'm talking about Ben Chang. <laughs> <laughs> now in my head is Britta trying to get Chang to do math. <laughs> But uh, it is important to note that when they play the converted equation, it sounds like the composition that Ben was working yes. on in the video they saw. Yeah, but so Brit is trying to get Ben to finish the composition, but he doesn't want to. He's refusing, and so she brings invites a person to the room, and it turns out to be Ben's mom with like some kind of spooky scars on her face that have like kind of healed. Like, I mean, yeah. she was in a car accident. She, yeah, would, can, she, she, she would have scars. You can tell that this was probably, like, the last, like, image that Ben had of his mom, which is, like, super fucking depressing at the time, because it's like, oh, here's what it would have looked like if she'd healed. 
Um, oh, yeah. well, you can. It's you can just see like it. You can see it on Britta's face. Like she feels super bad for this kid. Oh, I don't it, think she does. It, no, she's no. They, she does. You, you no, see she doesn't. No, because all of that is an illusion, and then we see what's actually going wow, on later spoilers. on. For the episode we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that's an illusion. Any look of sympathy in that illusion world isn't real because that's him in an illusion. Eh, I don't know. She, she, I, I don't think she can even see what he's seeing. Well, but like that, and that's what I mean. Like she can't see what he's seeing. Um, and like you can, like you know, you can see essentially it cuts to like her looking, and there's like you know, you can't quite see Ben, but you can tell where his mom should be in the image. Um, and is not there, and like I, I don't know. At least in my in my mind, the the like look that she's giving at the time is like sympathy. Like she feels bad for doing this to a kid. I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I'm not, is, I, don't, I didn't feel that vibe. This eh. is the face she's making in the first scene we see with him and his mom. Yeah, but, uh, but frozen <laughs> images do not work for that. With sympathy. no, no, no. But it it does because her face doesn't change for the three seconds that she's on camera. It's that face for three seconds, and then we cut back to Ben hugging his mom, and she's just kind of watching. Yeah, I think you're giving her more, uh, more than like, more of a benefit of the doubt than she deserves. Probably, I'll I'll give you that. I probably am, but it it just it felt like it to me at least that there was like some sympathy at least that she was yeah. doing this to a kid. And you can at least tell, like, you can at least tell, like, she's not, like, she doesn't hate these people like she's not killing them afterwards like she's returning them she's not hurting them like that's that's where i'm uh, i mean uh, okay, yes. she's making them go insane but she's not physically hurting them. Uh, <laughs> the, the mental torture is ridiculous but you have mind control powers why not just make them forget everything happened in the first place <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna leave them broken and mentally insane well i mean as we find out at the end of the episode, the equation they're kind of solve is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the end, end does justify the means. It's like world breaking in the most literal sense. I don't think you let people go knowing that they have solved it once, and then but being, no one solved it. Well, like just as a countermeasure, instead of being like, "Hey, maybe like, oh, they got this far. Let's make them forget," because there's always a possibility they get that far again. Make them crazy. They ain't never gonna solve it. Yes. Right. So at, at this point, we are back at the bishops and Olivia, and Olivia is trying to encourage Walter to go to St. Clair's and talk to uh, Kim and try to find out essentially who took him and where did they take him in order to track down yeah. Ben. Because they talk to the head of the of the asylum, and he's like, mm -hmm. Dashiell can't meet with people he doesn't know in an interrogation, but uh, hey... Walter can come back long enough to talk to Dashiell. Also, I don't think Walter should be out of this asylum. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you kind of see this, like... <laughs> this coming. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. You, you really grow to hate Dr. Sumner from this. Oh, God. You hate him from the instant you meet him. I don't yes. get his motivation as much, like... Hey, man, that's, that's one extra high-profile patient. Yeah, More that's money. the only only thing I could possibly think is he must be getting an enormous kickback but, or but something. But he's not even he's not even high profile because Olivia had to dig through like how many different sources to even get a whiff of Bishop's name. How much do you want to think that that's because Massive Dynamic made sure that that was like being hidden? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But like, still, I don't. 
like if I'm massive dynamic, I either want Walter on my side or I want him locked away and everyone thinking he's crazy. Or insane. Yes. Or you can pull a Brita. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is, why didn't they just kill those people? See, that's uh, what I think it, w- it would be kinder to have killed them. Uh, honestly, it's 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 more it's more work. You know, bodies show up, bad things happen. You know, they so keep looking people for people. Who crazy, so, and then yeah, show up crazy. <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's like, oh my god, they got returned from their kidnapping. Like, you know, we're, the search is no longer on for that. We're gonna try. Let's but it's not let's an ask them what went on. Let's investigate. We now have a trail. A t- <laughs> yeah, but they're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but if they're dead, there is no trail. Bodies yeah. turn up. I'm assuming these people, with all their access to technology and like medical stuff, could bribe a crematorium. I'm assuming people with mind control powers can figure out where to put a dead body. <laughs> Welcome to episode 8, where David and I yell at Nick for his takes. <laughs> Fuck you guys, I think my takes are fine. <laughs> I stand Anyways, by my takes. Uh, Walter agrees because he's like, "There's a young boy's life at risk. Mm-hmm. We'll go back into the asylum." Um, but and, unwilling, like you know, he's hesitant about it. Yeah, he's like, "This is a bad place for me," and this is where the acting shines through for Walter again. Because yes. my God, he goes from like because throughout the episode, he's kind of in the last couple of episodes too, he's becoming more stable. He still has his moments, but they're I think uh, lucid. He's becoming more yeah. lucid. Yeah. Especially this episode where he's like, yeah, he's seeing Christmas carols, but he's like, oh, jog my memory. Here's this. He seems fine. And then he gets into the asylum and he just kind of like shrinks in on himself. He's twitchy more. He's constantly looking over his shoulder. And it's like just a full body performance that completely changes the character in two seconds. Do you think John Noble ever got tired just acting so much? <laughs> no, because I think he's one of the guys who enjoys acting. Yeah. I just he's he's putting so much into the character and so much into it, and it's like it's not saying the other like others don't try, aren't but putting they're... effort in. It's just he's a step above everyone. Yeah, it's just he's John Noble. Yeah, yeah. he's just above them so much that it's notable. Like it's notable. He, it it really is incredible how much he's done in this. He was the steward of Gondor. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, but so John Noble like is going out. He's in like a nice uh, sort of like uh, like lounge room or like something like a relaxation yeah, like open, area, open area. Just like yeah, uh, he finds Kim pretty quickly. One of the orderlies, I think, tells him welcome back, and he's like, "I'm not here to stay or something." This isn't permanent. Yeah, yeah. But he finds Kim, and honestly, things start out pretty well. Like Walter cracks a couple jokes, like does like that kind of like good cop interrogation style where he's trying yeah. to like get him to be his friend and then he starts bringing then he starts to slowly bring up the uh incidents and the cases and what's going on and that's when things start to go downhill because uh kim starts talking about not wanting to talk about it anymore he's, he's like i don't do math anymore which is which is me that's that's me now <laughs> you're very happy about it though i don't think every, Kim's happy. every time kim's like i don't do math anymore i'm like oh i feel you i feel you kim he doesn't do math he just makes keys for uh keanu reeves what he's the key maker in the matrix oh that's he? the joke thank you oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Meh. He wasn't in community. I don't recognize him. Exactly. It's not Britta. It's, it's... Uh, he might have actually popped up in an episode of community as a key maker joke. Oh, probably, actually. I, I really wouldn't put that past that for, It might be from the gas leak here, though. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was season five, and if only they ended it there, we could do community. Yep, it'd be great. While Charlie looks up if we had he had a cameo in community, uh, things start going downhill, and then soon they are screaming, and then everyone's screaming, because it's a mental hospital, so if someone screams, everyone's going to scream. And then Walter gets stabbed with a sedative. To be fair, Walter at that point, like he's getting like tried to trying to be like pulled away, but he's like, no, Dashiell, I need to know what this was. And he's like, yeah. you know, trying to get the information. Um, and yeah, no, they, you know, the people at the mental institution are like, oh, Walter's going through another one of those things. Time to time to do the stabby. Uh we cut to Peter and Olivia not being happy about the fact that they stabbed him with a sedative <laughs> and trying to get him out of there. But they unfortunately realize that e- they have to go through whatever regular channels they have and that they need a court order. And the only way they can get him is uh, earliest by next day morning. So Walter has to spend the night in the mental institute that drove him insane. Yep. Which and does not entire... go well for him. Yeah. Nope. And I will say throughout that entire thing, you just start to hate like the, the head of the mental institution, like Dr. Sumner, just more and more. Like, oh, no, they do a great moment. job of being like, here's an he's an asshole. You are going to agree with this fact and then think we didn't play him up as an asshole enough in about three minutes. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, Walter then has to spend the night and, you know. Everyone, like you can tell, everyone's a little bit on edge and being like, "Is this going to end really badly? Like, you know, yeah. are we going to lose him?" Which doesn't help the fact that he sees himself inviting him, welcoming, oh, yeah. welcoming him back, and is sitting on the bed as he like cries himself to sleep. Oh, it's it's bad. And then even worse, the next morning, um, when he goes and starts talking to Dashiell again. He's getting, uh, like, he can see himself, but on the outside instead. Yep, not a good time. No. You know, he's switched places with the person. Because yeah. in the first one, that guy's wearing the jumpsuit. And in the second one, he is. But so, Walter does end up uh, managing to have a conversation again with Kim. Where uh, this one goes better. And he sort of, like, gently coaxes out what was going on. Until Kim sort of says he got taken to a red castle. And Walter kind of loses it there, going, "That means no, that makes no sense. Yeah. What do you mean a red castle? Don't, no, I don't need. Fantasy. Yeah, I don't need your fantasy. I need to know where they took the boy. And... God damn it! Stop playing D and D with the group. I've left. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then we. I think before this, actually, we might have skipped a scene. Yeah, we, yes, we, we, skipped, we, skipped, we skipped one scene. of the ben, one of Ben's scenes. Um, that so they, they, they're like tracking down. They're tracking down Britta through Peter's like, oh, yes. whenever I needed an alias, I would always use king or knight instead of bishop. Yeah. Just so like it was easier in my mind. And so they're like, hey, ostler means innkeeper. So they search for hotel rooms or hotel names. And Joanna Ritz has a P.O. box registered. Which is some insane troll logic. First, oh, it's... That's, yeah. For her to, first of all, consider that line of thought and then choose Ritz, and then for Peter to be able to follow that same line of thought and narrow it down. Like, it literally would have had to have been the same, like, hey, what's Osler mean? Oh, look, it's Middle English for innkeeper. 
Hmm, I guess uh, what's uh, similar to an inn? Oh, I know, a hotel! What's the most galaxy-owned hotel? <laughs> well, no, to be fair, Riz isn't the first one that he goes on. Like, he does a little bit of looking. It does It does imply Walter found the Joanne Ritz, and she is the only one of a P.O. box and no other information. So it's yeah, like, oh, this is the suspicious one. Else. Yeah, I think it was a P.O. box nearby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like was in the area and had no no photo yeah. almost no identification yeah speaking so, of nearby we oh, yeah, also yeah. get to find out what more is going on to ben inside the red castle and ben. it's mental torture hey it's it's a horror nightmare hey child torture child <laughs> torture he can't finish <laughs> the song and his mom's like but you have to and he's like i i'm stuck and so she's her injuries start reverting and the gash in her head gets bigger and she starts bleeding everywhere and blood starts dripping onto the piano keys and uh britta's like hey if your mom die it's your fault yeah this time if she dies it's your <laughs> fault and you'll have only you to blame you're like oh okay this is this is the worst <laughs> And he starts freaking out, and then we get this terrifying scene of it sort of cutting to him dealing with his mom dying, and then cutting to the reality of the situation, which is him on a chair, hooked up to a bunch of machines, pl- playing a cardboard piano. And not like a fun Nintendo Labo, you know, like a cardboard <laughs> piano. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> This is actually where Nintendo got the idea. They were watching this and went, oh, that what we... <laughs> But like, how can how can we like torture children with this? <laughs> and they're like, I know, we'll make it work we'll make it cost a lot of money, so they have to get a bunch out of their parents, and it'll be really flimsy and hard to make as a kid. <laughs> it's actually not supposed to be that flimsy. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's supposed to be really good quality. I have heard that it's like difficult to make that piano though. Like it takes Oh, the piano is supposed to be really hard. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, as a kid, if you're playing around with cardboard, it takes you like, you know, an hour, two hours to make a cardboard thing. I'm not finishing that. I mean, to be fair, that is supposed to be the point with Nintendo Labo, is it's supposed to be the discovery is part of the game and the creation of it. It's like buying a Lego kit. It's like the entire point of it is the build. (laughs) This is fair. This is something like 12-year-old David would have loved, but that's because 12-year-old David was a huge nerd. I mean, this is something that like 24-year-old David loves. Yeah. Yeah, I probably... Do you have any Labo? I don't, but I will be 24 in July, and I could get that for my birthday. You could sell your Ring Fit Adventure and then buy Labo. Get all the the Labo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then we get a very, very sad scene of peter picking walter up from the asylum and sumner is like i'll have your guardianship revoked and peter's like i'd like to see you fucking try (laughs) and walter's like i couldn't get anything all dashel did was like rave like a lunatic and then he looks so sadly at peter that your heart breaks and he's like is that what i sound like and you're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) have this moment where you're like oh no he's he's kind of realizing it this is bad But uh, Peter calls Olivia to sort of give her the bad news. And he like sort of mentions, yeah, the only thing we got out of him was that he was like in a dungeon in a red castle or some shit. And Olivia at this point is they're doing uh, door to door canvassing. And she steps away from the canvas to have the phone call. And she's looking straight across the street where there's a red castle. Well, not a castle. It's a red. Red building with a little like red spire. It's at the like top a. Of it. like, I think it's like what, like a like a community center or something. It looks it like is. a 
well, no, it looks like a shutdown carnival because they go in and there's like yeah. a merry-go-round in storage. I think it is supposed to be a castle, Nick. Like it's supposed to be like a carnival castle. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like a weird, fancy medieval Chuck E. Cheese. I yeah. guess. So I look for... at that. I look at that, and I don't go castle. Is what yeah. I'll say. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going off of anything, you're like that's vaguely castle-shaped and insane man might think that's a castle yes i will give i will give you the insane man saying a red castle and you look and you've got this red building in front of you you're like i'll give that a little look yeah i'm already in the neighborhood might as well like this the po box is nearby i've been told by the neighbors that's the weird creepy abandoned like you know red red building that we hear screams from every once in a while (laughs) we try to ignore it (laughs) um they head downstairs, and kind of like the first warning sign is all the fluorescent bulbs are red. Yeah. Which, on your first watch, you're like, oh, cool, mood lighting. On every other watch, you're like, I know what's happening. It's like, oh, no. Guys, you, you already got the foreshadowing this from the start of the episode. Yeah, which is great foreshadowing, actually, mm-hmm. now that I think about it. Oh, it's um, really well Olivia, done. Olivia f- walks around and finds Ben. And he's all kind of strapped up to machinery and stuff. Ooh, I will say at this point, I this this is when we got a closer look at his fake uh, cardboard piano, and I noticed that they had colored in all of the keys and stuff. And I'm like, what is? The, I feel like that's more than they needed to do. <laughs> nah, well, man. What if, like you're you're video recording this because he's playing the fake piano, but you can't hear the notes. So you're like video recording this, and I don't yeah. want to spend the extra time trying to figure out if, if that was this key or this key. Okay, can, I mean that makes you can sense. Actually, you can actually see a security camera on top of one of the medical monitors pointed straight down at his hands. Oh, so okay. So they could transcribe what he's playing. Oh, okay. I don't know why you wouldn't hook him up to an actual piano and just feed that into a computer. Listen, man, pianos are expensive. <laughs> you know what? You know what isn't Labo. <laughs> This is an ad for Labo. Labo's expensive, though. How much is that? 80 bucks for the variety kit that it comes in? I don't know. That's still pricey for cardboard. Yeah. How much would I bet right now I could find a a piano for cheaper on Kijiji? I mean, you could just 3D print one as well. Yeah. Nintendo Labo. You would just need the game, though, still. Yes. Uh, And Um, then Olivia gets into a fight with Britta's stunt double. Yes. Uh, because there's some very quick cuts where her hair is conveniently in the way. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. And they get into I a quick just... fight. Um, Britta does manage to escape, however. Uh, I think I have a note here where Ben is watching this, and I'm just like, uh, kid's watching the fight with his first boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Coming out of this weird hypnotism and then watching two hot girls fight, you know. Oh yeah, no, this is this is doing something to him. Weird, uncomfortable boner. <laughs> Just watched his mom die, but now this is happening. But uh, yeah, so Britta starts to uh, run away, and we get, I think, the second instance this season of a ongoing theme of no one realizing booby traps exist. Yeah. Oops. As. As well, Olivia, specifically Olivia doesn't realize yes. that traps exist. And As Olivia this is, with that, with those green and red lights. This is the great editing, too, because she gets very quickly hit with them, and it's kind of like just her standing at the hallway, pointing her gun, getting flashed with them. Camera zooms in on her, and then we do a cut directly behind her, and it's Charlie freaking her out. So it's like 
hypnotized and then waking up in one shot. They don't linger on it too long. Yeah, I know. This one was really good. Yeah. You really get that feel of no time yeah. has passed. Yeah. So yeah. Charlie's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, I, I, I mean, I guess she got away, though. And they have a sad moment where they realize that Britta got away, but they rescued they Ben. Yeah. 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 Britta didn't Britta at this time. She, she got away. She had yeah. a plan. So uh, they bring Ben back to the FBI office. He turns down an offer for free food, which, kid, but why? <laughs> you've got different priorities, don't you there, David? I mean, yeah. Would you not be having somewhat of an existential crisis? If you were hooked up to a machine that showed you your mom was alive, would you not be questioning reality a bit for the next I mean, like, 20 years? And not just that, but then your mom watching your mom die in front of you? Yeah. And you know what would help that? A juice box. <laughs> <laughs> or if we're in the Batman universe, Jim Gordon's coat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> um, no, no darkness here. That movie was dumb. <laughs> which which one? Oh, Dark yeah, Knight Rises. I thought you were talking about Suicide Squad. I mean, yes, as well. Sorry, Academy <laughs> Award winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, we also see Peter and Walter back in their hotel room, and Walter's kind of cleaning up everything and a bit obsessive. And he's like, "I need my own space. I need my own space." And it's kind of like he wants control on his life. And Peter's like, "We'll look into on-campus housing." I thought this I, was a really nice moment. Just that oh, Walter yeah, they, is looking more lucid, like he's actually like giving a shit about his environment now. Yeah, God, but goddamn, I had entirely different takes from you guys all throughout this episode because I saw no. this and saw and saw a man that had just been broken and was trying oh, to yeah, trying no. to get himself, you know, was trying to get any amount of control back in his life, and he realized no, this that Peter is... was also taking that control. I'm I'm with Nick on no. this one. This is again the acting is fantastic because he's like picking up a blanket and he just looks panicked and he's very shaky and he's like i can't do this i can't do this like it, really it looks no. like he's having a panic attack i didn't i didn't get that because just i got it more as just a fact of him being more aware of his because from everything peter said about walter is walter was never a nice person in the first place he was always very strict yeah. and a very like sort of aloof father figure so if anything i saw this more as him going back to what peter saw when he was younger and sort of Walter uh, taking sort of charge. No, of I I see this as, like Nick said, mm -hmm. it's Walter had his freedom taken away from him mm -hmm. in a very literal sense. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, he's trying to fold, he's like cleaning up the cards, he mm -hmm. seems kind of panicked, and it's like, I need my space. I need a space where like I can go and no one else can go and I can be fine there. Yeah, but what, what I mean is the fact that he's having those thoughts is a sign of improvement. Because when we first see him, like in the earlier episodes, yeah. he doesn't give a shit about that. Like he's so far gone, he doesn't even care about the fact that his he doesn't have as much freedom as he should. And this is him showing that oh, it's been taken away a little. This is him recovering because this is him realizing that he can ask for more freedom and that this is something he wants. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Like it's it's progress. I'm not saying like he's in a better place. What I'm saying is he's making progress towards uh, lucidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then we see Britta meeting with, hey, it's an old friend from one episode. From literally an episode ago. Yeah, so one episode old ago, is a, old. Uh, a relative term. Yeah, when we, when we first watched this, I, I, I didn't realize that this was that guy. Really? <laughs> I realized on this rewatch, at this episode, that I'm like, oh, hey, it's this guy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
she gives him the equation, and he uses, I'm assuming, LaTeX to type it in, because uh, there's no other way that you can type in equations and have it look that good. Yeah. yeah. No, fuck that. Not MATLAB. <laughs> fuck you. He's obviously typing it into MATLAB because it then goes into a machine that uses the equation. <laughs> the only reasonable explanation for how this works. Hey, man, that could be Python. You don't know. <laughs> uh, latex he... to Python? What are you talking about? Yeah, we could, I could, we could make a, Pyth a LaTeX to Python. Uh, kill me. I, <laughs> I don't do math anymore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, Mitchell Loeb does, though, because he types the equation into a computer, uh, puts an apple inside a safe, and then, I guess, activates the equation, which causes like this thing to vibrate on the safe. And then he puts a rubber glove on and reaches through the safe and pulls the apple out. Yep. Like but, uh, said, we we do get a great line from him yeah. where... It's world-breaking. We also get a great line from him where uh, Britta's like, Man, I can't believe that numbers can do this. And he's like, "Hey, man, numbers are in everything. You know, yeah. <laughs> just just look around your computer, just look around your house, and numbers are making everything work." Yeah. And then, I guess, so that the actress didn't have like blood on her face, he shoots her in the heart. Yes, this is where Britta ends up bridging the situation where she gets shot. <laughs> and has a, a solid Bon Jovi moment. Yep. And, and then, then Lowe makes a phone call. Someone? Like, yeah. it worked. I was really hoping at this point that he was then going to die. Like, it was just going to be like, you know, it got passed on to the higher-ups, and then the higher-ups are on, okay, cool, he has to die now. And just, like, he randomly got shot or something. I, I will say, the actor who plays Loeb has enormous, like, hands, because his hands looked ludicrous on that tiny little cell phone. You're forgetting oh, cell phones were smaller then, too. I know, but it just looks so ridiculous. It looks like a toy. <laughs> He's holding it, and it looks like he's like trying his best not to crush it in his hands. No, dude's got dude's got massive hands. Oh yeah, no, I will give you that one. Uh, and yeah, yeah. That, uh, that that takes That's us the to episode. the end of the episode. Kid tonight doesn't get a juice box, and then credits roll. And uh, Loeb yeah, decides he also like, he's going to get a snack. He also like hugs his dad, I guess, and yes. they're happy. And then Loeb does also bite the apple. Does yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he okay. does, because biting an apple on screen is like, hey, this is a cocky asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the universal sign, which is why... That is why, the trope. That is the trope. I'll give you Chris, that one. Which is why Chris Pine does it in the first Star Trek reboot movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is a cocky asshole. Apparently, like, they were like, hey, have an apple, don't bite into it. And he was like, I'm going to take the biggest bites I possibly can. <laughs> and then talk with my mouth full. <laughs> Because he's an asshole. And JJ was like, it worked. It worked really well. Uh, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode, and that'll bring us to rating. So, I know we talked up this episode last time about being really good. So, what are our ratings? Uh, well, I really, like, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was, uh, like, well cut together. Like, the fringe in it, um, like, was really like it was well done it was it yeah. was uh, it, it was good french it was there was yeah. good french science good happening french. in this episode uh, <laughs> and not just that but you get a good character development from walter um mm -hmm. and you sort of start to see the beginnings of this organization forming um yeah. where we're getting you know we're getting more about zft we're getting more about you know how they're operating um we're starting to see different parts of them and so you're bringing all of that together I thought this was like a really solid episode. I'd put either yeah. like somewhere between like a four to four and a half out of five. Yeah. 
this is this is the perfect mix of weird fringe science and we have to solve a mystery and it's nothing is taking it's like hey they hypnotize people using this hey we solved that but that doesn't solve our problem hey look how is this kid's mom alive oh they hypnotized him using those lights like it just it's a plot device it's not the plot yes yeah. figuring out how they did it isn't the entire point of this episode yeah and then they even ended with more plot device stuff where it's like he can reach through a safe and you're like well why do they want to reach through a safe like obviously you can steal stuff but like where is this going and it sets up more stuff coming up yes um, yeah very easily a four four and a half yeah i would ag- i agreed with that rating but yeah to speak to that last bit where he they set it up i think this episode shows a lot better compared to last episode where last episode felt like nothing but setup and not actual substance and this episode has a lot of substance and then still manages also to show a lot of setup and be really yeah. interesting. So, yeah, this is sort of fringe at its best, I would say, is the, yeah. these kinds of episodes. It's yeah. really well done. And it's it's got enough of the, like, monster of the week. Like, it's adding in, like, a new... That, like, it satisfies me on that part as well. Yeah. Um, yes. And there's the Observer Nick just posted in our chat. Um, uh, very difficult oh, yeah. to find in this episode. Fucking yeah. hell. Super out of focus. This seems like he was photoshopped in at a later date. He is standing up against like a tree 25 feet away from Dunham this... and Francis while they're doing their... Canvassing, eh? Yeah, yeah. they're canvassing. Yeah. Like, um, just very, very yeah. difficult to spot in this episode. It's uh... and, and then the uh, cipher for this episode was taken. Which... Once again, not at all... Uh... <laughs> But also kind of multiple meetings where, hey, they took the kid, but also I I'm, might be stretching this, but he takes the apple from the safe. Oh, like I'm also going with they took Walter. Yeah. Oh, that too. Like, yeah. these. Things also, are... they kidnapped that dude's daughter for some reason as well. That was really weird. <laughs> <sighs> the best part is when I make terrible jokes, they're definitely going in the episode because I, I edit it. <laughs> No, you don't. Craig re-edits it. And then I can edit in your laughing as well to make it seem like you really enjoyed my humor. You motherfucker. <laughs> you, you adding in a laugh track to your own to your own jokes is so... Made sick. of your laughter. That, that makes... It just, just makes me sick. <laughs> um, and who's ready for the bullshit? Where did we... Uh, oh did we my god, right. I forgot about one. this. Woo! Um, I hate this one even more. So uh, if we look back at the last episode in which we mm-hmm. meet Mr. Jones, uh, there is a typewritten or printed sheet of paper uh, covered with numbers that was removed from a copy of A Christmas Carol uh, during the episode at some point. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> There's a lot of numbers on a page, and that's what the connection is. Like, no, because yes. no, they, move, they move the page, and then it's very clearly like right in focus. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Because I remember seeing that on my first watch through that episode. I'm like, that seems like a weird focus. And then Walter seeing Christmas Carols, and I'm like, okay. But yeah, no, it's still a stupid connection to make. You could have done 20 other things. It's it's so small. Like you could have had you could have had like parts of the equation in the previous episode, um, or things like that. You could have had the lights which pop up every now and then. Actually, in a couple previous episodes. Yes. yes, we had uh, them in the pilot. The arrival, right? The pilot oh, and the arrival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the arrival on um Not on, the the guys, on the guy's beanie or toque. Yeah, or t- <laughs> that really... sounded so Canadian. <laughs> really, 
really threw on an accent for that. I did my best. I did my best there. You really? Well, you know, he got a toque on, you know, eh? <laughs> the guttural, guttural toque. Unfortunately, it's from Seattle, so it's not quite as good. If he was from BC, we could we could pull it off. Um, yeah, so I think so far the green, 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 red has popped up on the kayak in Olivia mm-hmm. Dunham's dream. Dumbo Nick pointed episode. that out in the pilot episode yeah. of the I did, but you guys were like, hey, stop talking about that. Yeah. Yes. Fine. Uh, on the beam <laughs> of the assassin arrival in the bottom left-hand corner of the observer's binoculars in arrival, and then now where we get the actual explanation and this is totally the last time that we ever hear about green and red right everyone yes <laughs> well if it's anything like the ghost network then yes <laughs> <laughs> i like how they hand wave that away too they're like oh they know someone's listening so they can never ever use it ever again ever i'm just imagining the person who has to listen to static for the for like the rest of time like they've got like the one FBI agent on that that just has to listen to static all day and that's their job. No, they would just record it and then if like hey for this time it wasn't static. Hey, look, we got a sound wave that's not static. Eh, I like the idea of there being an intern that's slowly going insane. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um but yeah, that is everything for this episode. So, hope you guys all enjoyed listening to us. Uh, as always, you can reach us on Twitter at Forsaf, that's F-O-U-R-S-A-A-F on Twitter, or you can email us email us at Forsaf at gmail.com, F-O-U-R-S-A-A-F at gmail.com. And that's everything. So, outro! The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license. 